So like, if, you know, if you walked in the room, I'd be like, smell like Donna's here. <laughs> I can't say that in California. I'd be violating you. Right. Smell you later. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're listening to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast, where HIPAA and humor collide to make learning fun. Your delightful hosts are Donna Grindle and David Sims. Relax. HIPAA help is on the way. This is Abigail from Arthritis and Rheumatology in Atlanta, Georgia, and you are listening to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast. Thank you for that intro. I'm David Sims of HIPAA for MSPs and Security First IT. Joining me is Donna Grindle of Carden. Good morning, Donna. Good morning, David. So I am uh, not in the normal office again <laughs> as we record. Hey, but work goes on. Help me yeah. with HIPAA persist, no matter what part of the world we're in. Yeah, it, you know, if you only knew me for the past three months, you'd think I travel a lot, <laughs> which is I know, not right? really the case. <laughs> like, Seriously, people, gone. he never goes anywhere. <laughs> I know. Except down uh, here. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we got this new guy at the office, and I, he's probably sitting there going, I have never seen anybody take so much time off. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's not. That does, doesn't happen that way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is abnormal. Yeah, very abnormal, and it's no, it's more abnormal than usual. I mean, David doesn't meet what most people would consider normal. Right? That's all relative, <laughs> and I'm proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll start traveling soon. We'll balance it out, buddy. There you go. Yeah, we have to do some more traveling together at some point. Yeah, I'm. A, I, I'm looking forward to. It. <laughs> so, what do we got going on up in here? Ah, uh, today we're gonna we're gonna peel some stuff back uh, on CCPA. So another acronym, and <laughs> it stands for the California Consumer Privacy Act. And uh, you know we've been talking actually a long time about look, you're either going to do HIPAA <laughs> or you're going to do something that's similar to HIPAA. It's coming, and of course when GDPR came out, now everybody's like. Oh, it's coming across the pond, and what's it going to look like, and all that. Well, you know, California took the lead, mm-hmm. and they've got this, uh, and I'll do air quotes, GDPR type legislation that's coming out and coming out very soon in January. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like, who it applies to, and can you get away with saying, well, we do HIPAA, so we don't have to do CCPA. Yeah. It's going to be on today's show. And don't just zone over, zone out and say, well, we're not in California. We don't have to worry about it. You might want to rethink that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a Uh, lot of reasons you should pay attention to this because many people have mentioned that they see this legislation as the prototype for the federal one. So, yeah. Yeah. Because they're just going to wait and say, okay, this works. We'll just adopt it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So listen up, folks. We got stuff to share. Yeah. When Donna speaks, you listen. Oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before we get into that, where are you going to be? Well, actually, I just realized when this comes out, I'll be in the middle of teaching a format approved HIPAA course. So never mind about that. I'm doing another one. And when we have those dates set, I'll let people know. Then uh, August 8th, I'm going to be at the North Georgia MGMA chapter. I'm going to spend like a whole day running around in North West Georgia doing stuff. It's going to be interesting. September the 26th, I'm going to be in Memphis at the Tennessee Ambulatory Surgical Center Association annual meeting. Tasca. uh, Tasca. (laughs) I know. I like that. Tasca. 
So I'll be speaking there about, you know, cybersecurity, ransomware stuff in HIPAA. So looking forward to that one. And then I got like four other things, but I don't, they're none of them where, you know, I got a couple of things in Chicago and some, but they're all, you know, not public events, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Invitation only. Yeah. All right. And uh, also a reminder to the listeners, if you like today's podcast, then head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. We haven't got one of those in a while. Oh, just review us anywhere. We don't care where it is. Yeah. Well, you know, some places you can't do it. Like for some reason, Google doesn't allow you to do podcast ratings. <laughs> I know. I don't, don't get it. It's, it's like, wait a minute. You can do a Google review for a business. You can't do it for a podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. Whatever. Uh, but before we move on in today's episode, I do want to shout out to George Fenton. So he's yes. our listener over on the West Coast. And, you know, George is, he's a great guy. So, you know, he pokes fun at me all the time. Because <laughs> he should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, George is cool. So, but he did send us a note about some ransomware issues that, that we should have included in our discussions recently about ransomware. And, uh, you know, we mentioned before that that often hackers, uh, have been in systems quite a while, and then they launched their ransomware on the way out. And, you know, what specifically we should be talking about is what the, what's called dwell time. And we didn't get into what dwell time is, but it's basically, you know, the amount of time that hackers or whatever is sitting in your system before it's discovered. And what people don't realize is that's typically a very long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's getting longer. Yeah. And so I actually saw the, the same article that, uh, that George was talking about where it says that the most recent dwell time uh, published uh, numbers is now 86 days. So when you think about, okay, well, I have, if I get ransomware, I have backups. Well, can you go back more than 86 days? Because... Yep. <laughs> That's our average, not, not not our maximum, that's our average median dwell time. And by saying that, what they're doing is they're in there messing up your backups, and you just don't know it. They're corrupting yeah, them. Right. And so when you think about it, even if you can recover this, you know, 90 days back, how are you going to get that 90 days worth of data back into your system that you now don't have? <laughs> There's a lot to worry about. Yes. <laughs> it's a mess. It's well, an and, absolute mess. And the, the way they're also doing it, even if they're not corrupting their backups, what happens is you restore and you think you're good that it just happened, you mm -hmm. know, and all you did was restore the software and it just starts running over again. So it's doing its thing again. So then you get hit again, you know, in 90 days, let's say. I wonder why that works out. Because you just restored the application that caused the problem in the first place. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's why we tell you you need to do a deep scan after a restore. Yeah. Well, I do think that eventually we're going to have backups are going to be even more different than they are now. Like, like there may, you know how we do uh, segmented networks? I think they're going to end up being doing segmented backups. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out something. And we're a long way from that. So right now you better worry about dwell time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And I'm telling you, that Ryuk and some stuff that I was just reading, that stuff, it has become so lucrative. Ransomware is so lucrative. Payments are surging because they're finding ways to make it where you can't just restore. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, what they're doing, and you get all this big news about big payments, so the payments are going up. And they are seriously developing brutal stuff. I mean, the Ryuk version goes in. It figures out if it's running the right version for your equipment and downloads an update if it needs to run a different version. It evaluates, apparently... I saw somebody that sits there and figures out how valuable your data is to calculate the best uh, ransom to charge you. I mean, this this stuff is getting serious. And they're using artificial intelligence and machine learning. And to think that you can just rest on your heels and do what you've always done, you know, there is the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. just remember, when you're hit with the ransomware attack, you should say, doing what I've always done will get me what I've always gotten. Which is where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah. So thanks, George, uh, for pointing out we missed something. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks on behalf of our listeners. And uh, we uh, do want to start talking more about dwell time and not just, you know, glossing over, hey, they could have been in there for a long time. This is the end. Because I think people are missing that. Yep. But we won't dwell on that right now. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into today's episode after the short break. Are you frustrated with your current IT provider? Are you sure you're getting the security and protection you need? Are you putting your patients and your practice at risk? If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, give Security First IT a call to learn more about how they can protect your patients, your practice, and your bottom line. Find them online at securityfirstit.com or call 980-288-5100. The number of medical practices that think they're HIPAA compliant is pretty staggering. Effective privacy and security are an ongoing process, not a checklist. And that's why at Cardin, they don't just assess your situation and leave you with a report, but they work with you all along the way. Call Cardin today at 678-292-5001 or visit them on the web at cardinhq.com. Aren't your patients worth it? All right, Donna, let's talk about some new acronyms. CCPA and HIPAA. HIPAA. HIPAA and SIPA. Hey, we already came up with multiple ones. What was the other one? Hi, hi, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) Peter (laughs) and Pippa. And, uh, you know, so there's so many, but right now, CCPA, and there's really no kappa, kappa, got nothing. There's no pop filter that could fix that one. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of people are just assuming it's a California thing. I don't have to worry about it. And, yeah, it's not as intense if you're not a California resident or company, but you better pay attention because it could be impacting you and you just don't even know it. So we do not want to assume, because we know what assume does, mm-hmm. but especially for, I've heard a lot of people say, well, we do HIPAA, so CCPA, we don't have to worry about it. Again, not true. Yeah, and it won't be it's long before we're hearing people say, we do CCPA, we don't have to do HIPAA. <laughs> True that. Two very different things. So, again, 
this is an area, and it also touches on where it could go from a federal level to address the HIPAA stuff the same way, because there's been a lot of discussion about how would HIPAA fit in with a federal privacy law. So pay attention. So first thing you need to know, yes, it's considered our first version of something like a GDPR uh, Mm -hmm. regulation, which is the European requirements for privacy. And that's why you started seeing all these websites say we use cookies. Because everybody (laughs) uses cookies. You know, if you've got a website that doesn't use cookies, something's wrong or you're lying. Or it's just a, you're throwing up an HTML page and nothing else is happening. Mm-hmm. But that is one of the elements to remember is that cookies matter <laughs> in, in GDPR and CCPA. So for those of you who don't know what a cookie is, David, do you like chocolate chip? My favorite's actually peanut butter. <laughs> mm, macadamia nut. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you want to explain a cookie? <laughs> So, uh, in general, a cookie is something that is placed on your computer from the internet. <laughs> um, it, it just has information in there. So, you know, cookie may look at when you visit a website or how often you went to the website and, um, uh, you know, other things it can look for is your browsing habits and things like that. So, it's it's just a file that, that's put on your computer that has information in it about what you're doing on the internet. Yeah, for those of you who think that you don't. So as long as you say okay to the cookies, uh, you know, and, and most sites, it's going to work better if you say okay, because they can remember what you're doing and you have a session and you have all of this other stuff. So basically, it's the website gets to remember enough stuff about you to start to customize and connect better. Mm-hmm. And, and it holds some important information. So cookies are involved. But uh, it's way more than that. And it does include uh, uh, statutory fines. So there are some fines and penalties that uh, can apply if you're not meeting the law. They're not huge. They're nothing like the HIPAA ones. But the bigger issue and the bigger news to me is unlike HIPAA, it has an element that allows an individual to sue the business directly for violations. Hmm. And I think that's the only thing that has kept businesses from engaging in HIPAA is, you know, it's a class action lawsuit and they have to argue you can't prove harm and all this other stuff in order for any kind of lawsuit to go through. So the minute that you had the ability as an individual to sue somebody for their, you know, to clearly in the law be able to sue you. The lawsuits are over, you know, because that now I got you. I have the right to do it, and I have the proof that you failed me. Often there's, you know, raging proof because your data is somewhere it shouldn't be. <laughs> but it's unfortunate that, you know, we have to get to the point where I have to be able to sue the business in order for the business to do the right thing. Yeah. And yeah... There's people that are doing the wrong thing on both sides, and that's what's causing the problem. You know, if everybody, you know, people want to be treated fairly, and most businesses just want to do the right thing. Yeah. But they don't understand what the right thing is, is what's happening right now. And I would say that most people 
just want to be treated fairly. They don't, they're not out there looking to sue somebody, but it's like, you know, look, I just want you to do what you're supposed to do and protect my data. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can imagine working with, with Carden, we have our vendors and we're in a customer service business. So if you meet our standards for customer service, which we know is doable because we do it, Mm -hmm. then, you know, we're going to get along great. But the minute you don't, somebody's going to yell at you. (laughs) because you know we expect this and and, uh, you know I'm not going to go by and do the work I just paid you to do so it's unfortunate but that alone will make a difference in my opinion to how things work out with this law and some of those lawsuits are going to be ones that really have you know uh, a reason to be there because the business really didn't care. And you and I both know that happens all over the place. Oh yeah. You know, where they literally say, I don't care. I'm not <laughs> doing it. Mm-hmm. Hippa schmippa. <laughs> <laughs> Sippa. Sh- oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Right. CCPA so, <laughs> schmippa. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing that we do know is that there's going to be a ton of lawsuits. And it, some of them are going to be, you know, ones that you're, you're, you believe in and you think they're fairly grounded and all of this stuff. And then you're going to have others that are just totally, you know, somebody doing whatever they can to stir up trouble or make easy money, which is what everybody assumes all of the lawsuits are. Mm-hmm. But I can assure you they are not. In fact, some people don't care if they get money. They're really looking for making the people do the right thing. And I know if I was involved in one, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about the money. It's about making you acknowledge that you don't care and you better care. So anyhow, so there, there's there's enough about why it's there and what it's about. <laughs> but uh, I do love, you know, when you look at who it applies to, it's the same answer that we always give. Mm-hmm. It depends. yeah people in california and and then people not in california (laughs) yeah Yeah. you you know maybe you're in california but maybe not if you're not in california maybe so if you so you got a lot of steps to determine if it applies to you in the first place it is not just i have a business in california no it's way more complex Mm -hmm. and and some people say, well, I, uh, the first rule I heard people talking about was, well, your gross revenue has to exceed $25 million in a for-profit business. Okay, then you assume, you know, tons of small businesses won't meet that, but not so much. Yeah, that's one factor, not yeah. the only one. There's, there's some others that could apply. So this is where they, you know, it's just like PHI and what is PHI? Mm-hmm. Then in this one, they say uh, it applies to resident um, any information you collect about individuals in California. Yeah. So can you define collect? <laughs> <laughs> it means you receive it, you buy it, you rent it. And then here's the other little thing. Access information, even if it's just through cookies. So you're getting information about an individual, even if it's just through cookies of your website. Mm-hmm. So you didn't, you know, you're not receiving anything, you're not buying it, you're not renting it, you know, they're not giving it to you, but you are tracking information about them because they're visiting your website. 
So does that tell you right away, if anybody in California is visiting your website, eh, I need to be paying attention. Yeah. So you're not even selling anything to them at this point. They're just coming to your site. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you buy a big mailing list and you're going to send out this big mailing list, then you've got to worry about it. You might want to block California. Huh? Just block California. You might want to geo-block California. Geo-block them. Right there you go. (laughs) But the information is, uh, you know, they do the same thing, that the information could be associated, you know, that reasonably associated, that it's reasonable to believe. So not that you have to prove it could be. But it's reasonable to believe that it could be associated with an individual directly or indirectly to that particular consumer or household. Oh, that's new. So, yeah, if you can narrow it down to the household, then uh, it counts. So, hmm. yeah, there's, there's five people that live in this house. Close enough. You know, we've gotten it down to five. So, um, anyway, so keep that in mind. But then you have to say, is that person or household, is it in California for other than temporary, you know, visits to California? If they're only there temporary, they're on vacation or they're on a work thing or whatever, they haven't actually moved to California, then, you know, it wouldn't apply. But here's another one, and this is the one that'll get people. They're a resident of California. And they are temporarily outside the state. Hmm. They live, they reside outside the state of California for a temporary purpose. Okay. All right. So you've got somebody who, I live in California, but I work in Charlotte and I travel back and forth. A lot of people do that Yeah. in today's world. So what are you going to do? Because now... <laughs> Hello, I'm in Charlotte, but I'm dealing with somebody who is temporarily in this state. They do not live here necessarily, but they're consistently here. So does it apply? So you better start figuring that out. So it can get hairy. Yeah. That's why I said, don't think that it's just if you are in California, because it could hit us all. So first of all, you got that to worry about. And then, if you think any of that should apply, then you decide, does your business meet the requirements? So, we, well, let's say we decided we may have some data. <laughs> yeah. We may so have first, some data. We already looked at the annual gross revenue has to exceed right. 25, million, 25 million. But that's not a and. So, we're not going down the list going and this and that. We're going or. This or so this. It's, if, you, if it's less than $25 million, but you derive 50% or more of your revenue from selling consumer personal information. So that's a lot of those marketing and mailing and lead generation companies. Mm-hmm. And you know all of them it's going to apply to. So we're going to see a big mess in these markets. Or, and here's an or, and this is the one that will get the small businesses that are not realizing it. You buy, receive for a commercial purpose, sell, or share personal information of 50,000 or more of California consumers, households, or devices on an annual basis. Mm. Well, there's tons of people that run, you know, web commerce sites that sell things and they'll buy a mailing list. Oh, yeah. So if they buy a mailing list that has, 
you know, over the year, they buy enough that gives them 50,000 or more California residents or households or devices. So IoT that sits in California, got to remember those could apply on an annual basis. So even if I have a $2 million revenue set, but I am purchasing $500,000 of uh, California consumer information, then it applies to me. Or just 50,000 names. Right. Yeah. The 50,000 names. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I need help sometimes. And then there's also, oh, I'm a nonprofit, so doesn't count. Not true. There's a caveat there as well. If you're a nonprofit, but you control or you are controlled by a for-profit business, then some of the things apply. Hmm. Hmm. So there's think. a whole bunch of stuff that people need to understand. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the thing that certainly would get me would be the, you know, whether or not I have 50,000 or more consumer household or device information. Yeah. Well, and, and here's one that, that I had a conversation with with one of our clients. And, you know, I'm like, you guys should just, you know, re- evaluate this particular question with the attorneys and be prepared to answer it. I, you know, it doesn't matter to me what the question is. I just think you should, or the answer is, I just think you should be prepared to answer it and say you've evaluated it, which is to say, I run a health plan in Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. So on the East Coast. I run a health plan in Virginia, and that health plan uh, allows, obviously, because one of the things we can do is you can cover your kids that are up to a certain age. I don't remember what it is. 26, they can stay on your plan, something like that. Mm -hmm. So gives them time to get out, get on their own, build up the stuff to get their own coverage instead of just leaving them out there hanging in their early 20s when you're even more stupid than you are later (laughs) in life. And you have money. So it just gets crazier. But at any rate, so I have a health plan in Virginia. And some of my health plan members cover their children. So they are covered lives or whatever your particular health plan calls it. But the children live full time in California. Hmm. So obviously, most of the health plans are going to, you know, fall into some of that. Uh, yeah. So it's tricky. So I just recommend that even if you think it doesn't apply, show that you sat down and went through it and said, this is why we think it doesn't. Yeah. At least look at all the ways that maybe it could apply and, and either rule them in or rule them out. Yeah. yeah. You know, to say clearly I'm way on the other side of the country is not enough. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. So now that we know all that, uh, what is it going to require? businesses to do well first you got one more thing you got to decide and it says uh because if you still with us at this point and you haven't been able to rule it out do you do business in the state of california and this is where the health plan is able to say clearly we've looked at that and this is why we believe it but uh they don't actually offer anything in the state of california Right, but you need to write it down that right up until that very last thing, it applied to them. Mm-hmm. So you got to worry. But then there's this other thing that applies potentially, 
Because even though you don't do business in California, but you are a contractor with a you know uh, another company, you sell to other businesses like you and I do, and that business does business in California, then they could require you know they may need to require you to meet the same CCBA standards, just like a HIPAA business associate, hmm. and that's one that people haven't thought about at all. So if you're doing business with a business, you're providing services to a business that has, you know, roots or or anything in California that means that they could have to meet the CCPA standards, it's possible that that may trickle down to you. Dum 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 dum. dum. <laughs> Getting interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh curiouser and curiouser. So, all right. So as far as once you decide that it it applies to you, then you got a lot of things to worry about. And we are not going to be, help me with CCPA. (laughs) (laughs) At least not right now. I mean, uh, we got enough to worry about. (laughs) We still trying to get people to do HIPAA. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We, We got our hands full with the rest of the country and California. So. But there's a few things to pay attention to that you need to understand is, and one that I think a lot of people aren't getting, is that it's going to say you've got to do like, uh, someone can ask you to prove what you have of their data, what you've done with their data for the last 12 months. Mm. So 12 months back, and that 12 months, that clock doesn't start in January when the law goes into effect. That clock starts in uh, this January to say, I can ask you for what happened this year. Mm -hmm. And it definitely will cover. So if you wait and to see, you know, a lot of people are like, well, we'll wait and see how serious it is. Or it's going to change. We know it's going to change. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's a ton of that that always goes on. We still have people saying HIPAA doesn't work. It isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Just know that whenever you get around to it, you, you, will be, uh, whether you get around to it or not, they can ask for 12 years back. So you better be thinking about how you would deal with that. 12 months back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Boy, I'm needing you today more than normal. <laughs> Woo. Anyhow, <laughs> 12 months. But of course, the, uh, you know, the HIPAA stuff for six years. Yeah. That's, that's where you're getting messed up. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But keep in mind, you know, there's plenty of people that, you know, haven't been keeping their HIPAA documentation and even asking what I did six months ago or a year ago is hard. Mm-hmm. So it's not just what I happened five years ago. And that's why we tell people to document it. Well, why? I got it. You know, I'm good. I did it. Yeah. Well, five years from now, will you be able to prove what you did today? I won't remember what I did five days from now. <laughs> so Clearly, I'm having problems. All right, so here's some basic things that you need to know is that the data applies to anything, anything that could be tied to a person. So that's like an IP address. You know, we already talked about that. Browsing history, geolocation history, and a lot of other stuff. But then, you know, I'm reading through it and you get to audio or visual or olfactory data. (laughs) Okay. Olfactory data. Now, okay. How do they know what I smell? Do or they what do you know? smell like? Or, yeah, what do you smell like? <laughs> They're tracking your body odor. <laughs> I, you know, 
It's got to be they're tracking like colognes and stuff like that. I don't know. But it's olfactory data, you know? Huh. Interesting. So they're tracking the things I like and don't like to smell. <laughs> First of all, that's creepy. Yeah. But again, you think about how much money is invested in a lot of these colognes and perfumes. I can't believe how many different ones they are. Yeah. You know, and the candles and, and uh, air fresheners and all of those kind of things. So there is some, you know, business value in knowing what people like to smell and mm-hmm. don't like to smell. So, like, if, you know, if you walked in the room, I'd be like, smell like Donna's here. <laughs> I can't say that in California. I'd be violating uh, you. Right. Smell you later. <laughs> there uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you've got all of this. So, if you're collecting this on a consumer or a business, because, you know, some people are like, well, if I just sell to businesses, it doesn't count. No, they're counting those, too, because you're tracking information about the individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's at some level. So you have to give them a list of all the data that you collect on them if they ask. And you have to restrict that information if they ask. And here's one that's really tricky. You have to delete the information if they ask you. Mm-hmm. And that's been a problem, you know, for a long time in a lot of this Internet stuff is I create an account. And I don't have a way to delete it. Mm-hmm. So. There, there's a lot of, you know, exclusions, you know, for data that you have to keep on file legally. Like, you know, medical data, there's a certain amount of time you have to keep it. They can't say to delete it, but they could say to delete it after that time frame. Yeah. And there are plenty of EHR vendors that have got a problem there. They don't have a way to delete it. So, hmm. you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, it could get messy. Yeah. So you're supposed to remove all traces of the information if uh, it applies and they ask. So, boom. And then, of course, you have all those other things, uh, you know, protections to keep information from getting in the wrong hands. Uh, You have to show you're working, you know, you're meeting certain guidelines and training and incident response, you know, a real cybersecurity program. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But this is the good part where we talk about HIPAA. And how it works with it. So they did add to the law at first. The first time it went through, they didn't have this exclusion and it freaked everybody out. And so they came back and amended it and added this exclusion that says, because a lot of people are like, well, you tell me all the time, HIPAA takes precedent over state law. No. What we say is HIPAA takes precedent over state law unless the state law is more restrictive. Right. So that is very different. And clearly... This can be more restrictive in some ways than HIPAA. So what they did was they said, okay, if you are a HIPAA business associate or covered entity, then the data that is considered PHI, so the data that HIPAA applies to, Mm -hmm. then you don't have to meet the CCPA standards for that data. Mm -hmm. Just that data. Okay. Now, any other data you have, that you do not consider PHI, then the CCPA applies to that. Oh, so now you have to do both. Yeah, I know. Everybody's like, oh, I get an exemption. No. No, you got worse. <laughs> yeah, because, well, here's the thing is people spend hours <laughs> and invest all kinds of, of, of legal manipulation to define that this is PHI and this isn't PHI and, you know, to, to get around it. So now you spent all that time to get around it. So now all that data that you consider not PHI, 
CCPA involved, is, is now involved. So mm. HIPAA doesn't give you a free pass unless you can make the argument that the other data, it doesn't fall under that CCPA guidelines. Right. So then you have to go back to the start of where we started of does it meet all these requirements and do I have a way out? So there's a way to do it, but if you are, you know, I'm just saying, you should take the time to show that you figured this out and you wrote it down. That's all. And and for a lot of groups, that shouldn't be that hard. Mm-hmm. You know, there's ways, but if you don't, you know, write it down, then uh, you, you got issues. But And all <laughs> those med spas and cash-only providers and all of that who said, you know, it's great, I don't have to do HIPAA. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's how you get you. So you're you're done now. You're CCPA. So you got something to go on if you're in California, and we all know that uh, it's likely to change. There's all kinds of rules being bounced around. So what do you do? What do you do? You figure it out. You write it down. And if you're not sure, get an attorney that understands this stuff. <laughs> not your cousin Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> These two youths. <laughs> when he, he comes in in that, that purple tux, it's just like I can't breathe. And uh, Marissa Tormace, fantastic. Anyway, and you get to the point that you think it applies. Then you've got to map out your data. This data falls under PHI. This data falls under CCPA. And you probably also have to say this data falls under PCI. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you're starting to see the value in some of the stuff we do where we're mapping all this stuff together with the uh, cross-reference of uh, uh, NIST CSF and some other things. However, uh, you ha- what you have in place with HIPAA, it'll be helpful, but it will not meet all those CCPA standards. Yep. Keep that in mind as well. Just like, oh, I do PCI, so I'm okay with HIPAA. <laughs> yeah, they're all slightly different in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it, HIPAA should make it, it, if you are doing HIPAA properly, but if you've been avoiding HIPAA, now you're going to have to decide, are you going to do this one? Are you going to do both? Or are you going to avoid both? But you're digging a hole deeper and deeper and deeper as it goes. So everybody that hasn't done anything but the bare, bare minimums that they think need to be done for HIPAA, Mm-hmm. I had somebody just this week tell me they thought you only had to be trained every other year. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, it says annual. No, they argue with me. I'm pretty sure it says you need to do it, you know, you do it once and, and figured out what they were talking about was the risk analysis. But clearly, they need more training if they don't <laughs> understand those things. And, you know. so It's only a leap year. <laughs> 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 you know, and, and you know what we feel about once a year training and then security awareness wasn't even on the radar and our lawyer does our training. So, you know how good that one is, you know, it could be good. You never know, but statistically unlikely that it's going to explain to them how HIPAA applies to their job because they probably haven't spent time understanding their job. And that's one of the things that we focus our training on specifically is to understand the job of the individual we're training because it it's all about how does it matter to me as a human. So there you go. And um, so we got some links to some resources that are, 
you know, some little bit of helpful information, how to prepare and questions that people ask and all of that. But uh, y- y'all need to keep in mind, and you know, we've said from the beginning that it, it, it's a matter of time. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time. And you're not going to be able to say, well, I'm a tiny business and I just, uh, you know, ship out these T-shirts, you know, because there's going to be things you got to worry about. And every like session after session after session at Secure World, they were just like, this will get worse and more confusing until there's a single federal privacy law. Yeah. And it's going to have to come. Yeah. Because, I mean... As a business that does business in all 50 states, it'll be impossible as other states enact these kinds of things to -hmm. know which one you're meeting. Yep. Yep. It's coming. And we'll have to have a federal level one. Yeah. And and for those businesses that are just trying to, like you said, avoid uh, what they're, you know, what they're supposed to be doing or could be doing, you're better off going to just start. Start now on whichever one most applies to you, even if it doesn't. Go ahead and start because at some point <laughs> it's going to get you. Federal law is going to come out or whatever, and then you'll be so far ahead of the game. Yeah, I mean, if you're healthcare and you don't want, go to Hiccup. Start with small Hiccup, small organization Hiccup. If you're not healthcare uh, and you're not involved in HIPAA at all, go to the CIS twenty and do the foundation of the CIS twenty. Mm-hmm. Do something. Yep. Because if you invest now, it's not as painful than when you have to have a massive investment when you finally realize you're going to need to do some of these things. And it's a responsibility of being in business today. We have the advantage of being able to advertise our businesses all over the world at a click. Then we also have to accept that there's also a responsibility that goes behind that. Whereas when we were kids, (laughs) nope. It would be really odd for us to realize that the local mom and pop shop, mom, mom and pop, mom and pop shop that made this really cool artwork, they were selling it in California, and we'd be like, "Whoa, mm, yeah, no, you know that that just didn't happen." But today, it's like if you're not selling it in California, what's wrong with you? Yeah. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Lot to consider. So, yes. all right, folks, that is our show for today. Remember to follow us and share us out on your favorite social media site, which, you know, nowadays I'm beginning to wonder, <laughs> is there a favorite social media site? I don't know. Yeah, I saw another article yesterday about Facebook and I think Google tracking stuff that even in even in uh, incognito mode, they're tracking yeah. certain things. And I was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what's, what, what's going to happen with CCPA on that? Hmm. I, yeah. I don't know. Well, and you know, the five billion dollar fine to Facebook. They're like, sure, we'll stroke a check. Yeah, yeah. What else? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway. So uh, anyway, rate our podcasting app and uh, help us spread the word. We need your help. It's plain and simple as that. <laughs> so remember, for Donna and myself, that HIPAA is not about compliance and. I guess CCPA isn't either. (laughs) It's about patient care. You've been listening to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast, hosted by Donna Grendel and David Sims. The show created to help you with HIPAA. 
For more information or to ask us a question, visit our website at helpmewithhipaa.com. Neither Donna Grendel or David Sims are attorneys, and they do not offer binding legal advice concerning regulatory compliance. The information in this podcast should not be relied upon or construed as legal advice in any way. Consult your attorney for legal advice concerning compliance with HIPAA regulations.